Why, hello there. Welcome to Biblical Chili. Now listen, the cruise is just about to start. Let me fill you in on a few details if you've never been here before. You see, we speak openly about the Bible and our daily walk with Christ. And it's our continuing prayer that we help you grow closer to Jesus every day. Now, you might be wondering why it's called Biblical Chili. You see, around this table, we have people from all walks of life. Different histories, backgrounds, different futures, even different religious views. But even with all these differences, that shouldn't hinder us from carrying on a conversation. And you stepped in at a good time, too, because the Chili Crew is walking through the Bible from cover to cover. And right now, they're in the book of Exodus. Moses talking to a burning bush, plagues, Exodus out of slavery, and the Ten Commandments. Woo! This gives me the collywobbles just thinking about it. Where we left off last time was Exodus 22. And so far, it would seem that uh, Exodus is, at least this part of Exodus, post Ten Commandments, I guess you could say, is uh, just full of a greater explanation. For those of you just joined us, a greater explanation of, of the Ten Commandments themselves. So I'm just going to dive right in, and uh, Tom and I will kind of go as we go. Exodus 23, verse 1. You shall not circulate a false report. Do not put your hand with the wicked to be an unrighteous witness. You shall not follow a crowd to do evil, nor shall you testify in a dispute so as to turn aside after many to pervert justice. You shall not show partiality to a poor man in his dispute. Wow, I, I, I don't know about you, Tom, but the, the kind of things that kind of flew through my mind are, where was it, uh... This was months and months ago, but it was it was like in Washington. I think it was Washington. No, man, I don't. I can't remember. It was, it was way out west. It was like Washington State when you know the the uh, the riots were happening a lot and like those type of things were were going on. And there was one place I want to say it was in Washington State where they Washington State the people, not the government, the people found out. It got word on social media that there are these group of people that were going to try to come to the state and, you know, riot and, you know, steal stuff and do all that kind of stuff. Cause this was, it was happening everywhere. And it's, and the people themselves actually blocked the expressway and blocked all the highways into the cities. Like they bring their own vehicles out there and said, you guys turn around this, you're not going to do this here. I'm just saying like that kind of stuff was happening a lot. And I just, I find this interesting. I, nobody, no Christian during that time was, was quoting this or no pastor was quoting this. I didn't know that this was in scripture where it was talking about you shall not follow a crowd to do evil. What is your say for the first verse there that says you shall not circulate a false report? It says, do not spread false reports. Do not help a guilty person by being a malicious witness. Okay, so do not follow. Okay. So, okay, so basically the same thing. In verse 3 there, it says, and do not show favoritism to a poor person in a lawsuit. Oh, that's worded better, way better. So, like, you, you, he's talking about when you do a lawsuit, or the, like if there is a lawsuit because you're trying to steal money from somebody. I'm, I'm assuming, like, what do they, what do they call it? Well, not only that, like, if if a poor person does something wrong, don't let them get away with it just because they're poor. Right. Okay. You know, and it's like it's it's just about 
this passage to me is talking about just being honest and doing the right thing. Uh, when you give testimony in a lawsuit, do not pervert justice by siding with the crowd. You know, don't don't yeah. just say something because everybody else is doing it. You know, um, and then don't show favoritism to somebody, even though it looks like they're down under luck. Justice is justice. Ooh. It's a little harsh, but I, I guess it makes sense because, I mean, there's a lot of people that, it, mind you, mind you, I'm, I'm all for forgiveness, but the fact is, is if somebody's used to being forgiven and they never pay for their crimes, what good does that do anybody? I mean, truthfully, it, it, it harms them. But uh, I'll keep going. Uh, verse four. If you meet your enemy's ox or his donkey going astray, you shall surely bring it back to him again. If you see the donkey of one who hates you lying under its burden and you would refrain from helping it, you shall surely help him with it. So that's the thing that came to my mind was when Jesus said, love your neighbor. Well, it's also helping. It's 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 how to be part of the community. You know, um, right now he's speaking to just their people group and sending these laws out for them that is going to be distributed. But it's like if you see um, an animal, if you see somebody's belonging that's wandered off, help them and, and give it back to them. If you see someone that you guys are even fighting and they're having a hard time still, Help them out because it not only is it good for you, Jesus says, love your neighbor later in the Bible, but it, it also promotes community. Right. Absolutely. And especially during this time, because they're they're stuck in the wilderness and they don't know this yet, but they're, it's going to be for the next 40 years. They're going to be stuck in the wilderness in tents. Uh, OK, so verse six, you shall not pervert. Pervert the judgment. Of your poor in his dispute. Keep yourself far from a false matter. Do not kill the innocent and righteous. For I will not justify the wicked, and you shall take no bribe, for a bribe blinds the discerning and perverts the words of the righteous. I knew, I knew scripture said do not take a bribe. I didn't know it was back here. Yeah, mine says, do not accept a bribe, for a bribe blinds those who see and twists the words of the innocent. Ooh. And twists the words of the innocent. God here again is once again trying to prepare or, or trying to get Israel to understand that the 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 weak and the, the innocent and the righteous, they should be protected, not, you know degraded or, or put down or, you know, they need someone to protect them, basically. Um, side note, you kind of cut out there for a second, I think. Maybe a second, but. All right, uh, verse 9. Also, you shall not oppress a stranger, for you know the heart of a stranger, because you were strangers once in Egypt. I find this funny that God keeps putting this up in their face about strangers and being a stranger in Egypt. This is like the third or fourth time he's mentioned this so far. So verse 10, six years you shall sow your land and gather in its produce. But the seventh year you shall let it rest and lie fallow that the poor of your people may eat and what they leave the beasts of the field may eat. 
In like manner you shall do with your vineyard and your olive grove. Six days you shall do your work, and on the seventh day you shall rest, that your ox and your donkey may rest, and the son of your female servant and the stranger may be refreshed. I was kind of, re- kind of reiterating the Sabbath commandment, but that first part was not part of the Sabbath commandment. I think it was just kind of comparing the two together. Is this, isn't this like, what's it called? Crop cycling or where one year you do one type of crop, next year you do another type of crop in order to keep the the ground replenished? Like, isn't that what this is? The scientists now that know that, uh, that the whole study on crops and, and life cycles, but then it had to be set as a reason why, you know, like God said, I'm saying this, you know, don't just you know take all the nutrients out of the soil, leaving it barren and and unusable. Let it rest. Let it re- re- replenish itself. It's it's called crop rotation. So yeah, like you'd you'd normally like rotate your crops from between this crop to this crop to this crop because you know corn takes nitrogen out of the soil or something like that, and then this doesn't take that much of whatever nutrient out. Yeah, so. God's resolve for this would be, no, you know what, just harvest whatever you want for six whole years and then just let it one year, let it go back to the wild and then come back to it after that and grind it all back up. And, and yeah, I just I, I think it's fascinating because um, like my mom and I had this conversation the other day about uh, about a week ago or so it, where she was talking about she was having a conversation with somebody and they were saying like ancient man was say i'll use the kind words unintelligent and we're you know modern people and we're more way more intelligent than they were back then and so therefore like they were trying to give some justification for not trusting scripture by saying that they were basically dumb back then and nowadays we're very smart so we know you know this and this and this but it just it it's things like this that really put a monkey wrench in that because god told them instead of rotating the crops god just says no it's really good for the land to just let it go wild for a year and then come back and and start all over, but I just I it's yeah it's another one of those things though where God kind of puts the the poor can come in and just eat whatever they want <laughs> go for it. Yeah, he uh, he you know set up the Sabbath for us to rest, you know to make sure that we're not overusing our resources. It it only makes sense that he'd put the same limitations on the earth to allow it to rest and not absorb its resources. Absolutely, yeah. Uh, So verse 13, and in all that I have said to you, be, okay, hold on, I'm going to have to read it. What's circumspect? I don't know what that means. Um, Verse 13, mine says, be careful to do everything I have said to you. Do not invoke the names of other gods and do not let them be heard on your lips. I like that that version better. This one, I kind of lost it. I don't know what circumspect means. I mean, that makes sense, though. That's just reiterating. I would I would say just those first commandments about worshiping other gods. Um. So I, I'll just keep keep going. Verse fourteen. I mean, unless you got something about that, I mean, it's pretty straightforward. Nope. Nope. Clear cut. Uh. Okay. So verse fourteen. Three times you shall keep a feast to me in the year. You shall keep the feast of unleavened bread. You shall eat unleavened bread seven days as I commanded you. 
at the time appointed to the month of Abib, for in it you came out of Egypt, none shall appear before me empty. And the feast of harvest, the first fruits of your labors, which you have sown in the field, and the feast of ingathering at the end of the year, when you have gathered in the fruit of your labors from the field, three times in the year, all your males shall appear before the Lord God. You shall not offer the blood of my sacrifice with leavened bread, nor shall the fat of my sacrifice remain until the morning. The first of the fruits of your land you shall bring into the house of the Lord your God. You shall not boil a young goat in its mother's milk. Ooh, we can talk about that one in a minute, but before all that, it just sounds like God's setting up some feasts to get together. It sounds like it's, uh, it's you know, obviously the Passover, right? It sounded like, sounded like the first one was Passover. Second one was Feast of First Fruits, I guess. First Feast of Harvest. And then the last one was the Feast of Ingathering. So the end of the year harvest. Yep. So he wants to be sell- he wants us to remember and to celebrate the time of release when they came from Egypt. So celebrate freedom. Then celebrate the first fruits of what you have in your field, which is the first collection of anything that you've done as a free person since i've released you so now we're we're celebrating that we've made something because god let us be free and this is ours so to do that we are to give glory to god and then celebrate again at the end of the the crop season whether in um what do you call it in gathering yep where we then celebrate again and show thankfulness for the entire crop season with the the last that we have here. Okay. And I, I just find that interesting. That's just, that's, I guess it's like the first third of the year, second third of the year, third, third, third of the year. <laughs> Normally we do quarters here in America, but okay. But the, this last one, what do you think it means by you shall not boil a young goat? A lot of the nations did, around where they lived did this kind of weird stuff. God respects life. Milk is supposed to give life and the baby is being boiled and killed in the thing that's supposed to give it life was like its representation, you know, from the pagan nations. Um, and God apparently, apparently finds this quite appalling because he made very specific thing against it. Well, how many times have you heard of cuisine from around the world that we wouldn't even think of trying to eat? Oh, that's a good point. What they're saying here, because remember, this isn't written to Americans in 2021. This is written to the people then and there, their rituals. Their, there's this guy that goes over old recipes, and he remakes old recipes that was made during the Great Depression era. Oh. And, you know, and, and like it- one of them was a... Uh, uh, a spaghettios jello ring oh or... are you kidding me <laughs> no it's oh. only like they make mix gelatin with spaghettios and put it into oh. a bunt a bunt pan and that's what they would eat it sounds really gross but back then oh, people would gross. eat whatever right and they would they would polish it off with uh in the, the whole inside would have like uh hot dogs so you 
have your hot dogs. Oh my dear. Spaghettio. I've I've Jello seen ring. him. The one I saw though was much less up chucking than that. <laughs> the one that I saw, he did. Uh, it was an app. It was what are they called? They called it a Ritz cracker apple pie. There were no apples in it. Just so you know. And the guy made it, and at the end, obviously, he tastes it because I've seen a couple of them. At the end, he tastes it, and he's like, "I don't know how this tastes like apple." Or a pie, but it tastes like an apple pie. I don't know how this happened. And it, it was basically just all ri- crushed Ritz crackers and seasoning and like some kind of like gelatin because they didn't have Jello back then. They just had gelatin. Right. And um, yeah, they flavored it. Oh, <laughs> man, you threw me off. I'm not going to eat dinner tomorrow. And so that's where, you know, from from my gut instinct, that's what I feel this is talking about. Like, this is a a cuisine that they probably had from Egypt. This is something that they probably grew up eating. And this is something that they're like, don't do that. No, not especially not during this feast time. Don't do it. Right. During the or feast. they could be talking about food or I'm sorry. They could be talking about like feast cuisines, like you're saying, or or and or I should say uh, sacrifice, too, because maybe yeah. maybe that was part of it also, because even the sacrifice for the um, unleavened bread. Uh, Feast of Unleavened Bread, that you were supposed to eat the sacrifice. Like you were supposed to burn the lamb and burn all the rest of it after you eat what you're what you can eat. And yeah. Wow. Now that's a good point though, because it would have been for them right then. So I like that. Verse 20. Behold, I send an angel before you to keep you in the way and to bring you out. Uh, okay, so side note. So before before I continue this on, it sounds like God's jumping around a lot. Do you think that this is Moses condensing God's conversation with the people? Or do you think this is like actually God was just going point for point, boom, 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 down the list of things he wanted to talk about? I think this is Moses. I think this is all Moses um, and his recollection of it. You know, um, he didn't go that night and say, let's write this all down. You know. Oh, no, probably, probably days later, months later. I mean, yeah. They don't know. And, you know, and so I, I believe that it's written down in the fashion of their their mother tongue at this point, you know, and then translated for us this way. And it looks extremely broken. And it probably was a lot of broken thoughts through this point where he's just trying to cover all the, 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 the high topics. So verse 20, behold, I send an angel before you to keep you in the way and to bring you into the place which I have prepared. Beware of him. Ooh, this is capital H-I-M, so I'm assuming it means the angel? Beware of him and obey his voice. Do not provoke him, for he will not pardon your transgression, for my name is in him. Okay, hold on. I thought only Christ, the Holy Spirit... And God were capitalized hymns and he's. They are. And we talked about this before, about the angel, uh, you know, um, being possibly the Holy Spirit or uh, Jesus in that form at that time. I was going to say like a Christophany, yeah. like yep. God said angel. Well, I mean, technically, we in, the, in our angel episode, we did mention that angels are not actually a species. Like we, we think, oh, it's an angel. It's a type of creature it's not angel is just a word that means messenger yeah 
So like it's it literally says, behold, I send a and in this case, I send a messenger before you. I mean, in the Hebrew, that's what it's saying is I'm sending this messenger. My my so verse 21, you're probably right. My verse 21 says, pay attention to him and listen to what he says. Do not rebel against him and he because he will not forgive your rebellion because my name here is capital N. My name is in him. Yeah, mine says my capital my name is in capital him. So yeah, I mean it. I you're probably right, Tom. I, I this is probably a, a great Christophany. Uh, verse twenty two. But if you indeed obey his voice and do all that I speak, then I will be an enemy to your enemies and an adversary to your adversaries. Verse twenty three. For my angel, my messenger, will. Go before you and bring you to the Amorites and the Hittites and the Parasites and the Canaanites and the Hivites and the Jebusites, and I will cut them off. Uh, just so everybody's kind of aware, that's an Old Testament version. When, whenever it says cut them off, it literally means die in, in, in um, well, not necessarily death, because sometimes those who were cut off are, were driven out of their land also. It basically means like destruction or tore apart or that kind of thing. Uh, verse 24, you shall not bow down to their gods, lowercase g, nor serve them, nor do according to their works, but you shall utterly overthrow them and completely break down their sacred pillars. That would be very so God, that would be very frowned upon in today's society because it would be what the pillars? It would be historical. They would be like, this is part of their their history. We have to preserve it. I agree that they should he should not have followed in their ways, but there are works of art out there that if you can you know respect it as a work of art and not turn it into an idol, that man, I, I think about this today even like if i held all the pokemon cards and trading cards that i had growing up that azariah my, my son he'd be like thinking this is the coolest thing he'd ever seen so so you're uh, were you just comparing pokemon cards to <laughs> great ancient works of art hey ask kids nowadays anything made that long ago is <laughs> <laughs> is is considered great ancient works of art yeah. <laughs> hey, I, I just I just found out that some of the things that we played with when we were kids they are actually classified as antiques. They are now. right. Like the Ninja Turtle action figures and stuff like they're like they're antiques. <laughs> the music that was on the radios when we're when we were younger are now on the classic rock stations. Oh, don't even <laughs> I know. Oh, you know, and, and the, so. I get, I get. Just wait till is... it gets to the oldies. Oh, the, this is the oldies, and it's going to be Backstreet or something. <laughs> so I, I get where where Moses is coming from here. I get where God is coming from. He's a jealous God, but some of the craftsmanship on things that were built back in the day was, was great. You couldn't, you can't recreate that. It makes me wonder, like, if there were demons or if there were other fallen angels around that they were actually showing themselves to people to make it afterward so if they're too oh you mean like inhabiting this this idol or this pillar or, or right if yeah. they're too anatomically correct or they're too on the nose 
for how they actually looked, it could be a distractant to to someone trying to follow. Right. And I think I think God knew that. That's why he was just so like just absolutely not because I think he knew they 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 would fall. I think he knew eventually it would get to him. Um, and we, we actually find this a lot of times in Exodus where God was just like, nope, absolutely not. Like when the part uh, back in the last uh, episode, we talked about uh, witches and it, the verse literally just says, you shall not a per- you not you shall not permit a sorceress to live. And it was just so absolutely not. Verse 25. So you you shall serve the Lord your God and he will bless your bread and your water, and I will take sickness away from the midst of you. No one shall suffer miscarriage or be burdened in your land. I will fill full the number of your days. Verse 27, I will send my fear before you. I will cause confusion among all the people to whom you come, and will make it all your enemies turn their backs to you. And I will send hornets before you, which shall drive out the Hivites and Canaanites and the Hittites from before you. So was that literal hornets or or is that some sort of symbolism that God was like, I'm going to send, you know, like some sort of plague or, or some fear because he just said he was going to send fear before uh, them. It, or is this literal insect? I, I, I like your I, I like your uh, your version a little better than my here, but. If you combine the two, it's kind of a scary thing. Um, I've heard fear has been like a, a respect and an, an awe, uh, you know, a, a healthy thing, the fear of God, you know. But here it says, I will send my terror ahead of you and throw into confusion every nation you encounter. And in verse 28, I will send the hornet ahead of you. Like, I will send the hornet ahead of you to drive out the Hittites. I like see this giant bee. Just, I was gonna say, what are we talking <laughs> like, about like here? Like monster coming out with this big stinger. <laughs> <laughs> oh man, you're dating us now, man. <laughs> Nobody knows who Mothra is. <laughs> if you know who Mothra is, please contact Biblical Chili at biblicalchili.com. We'd love to have a conversation. <laughs> so to hear, I will send the hornet ahead of you to drive out the Hittites. I was like, that's a big B, you know, and, and you're like, I will send hornets ahead of you. I'm like, okay. So now he's sending swarms. I get that. You know, <laughs> I, I don't know. Okay. So hold on. Hold on. Okay. So time out for just a second. Mine says my, um, uh, commentary says go to Deuteronomy seven twenty. Okay. So let me reread, let me read that. Okay. So this is Deuteronomy seven twenty. It says, Moreover, the Lord your God will send the hornet among them until those who are left, who hide themselves from you, are destroyed. Maybe he's literally talking about... Mothra. <laughs> or like a giant, a, a giant <laughs> hornet. <laughs> like, wow. I, 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 I don't know. <laughs> I think it's just going to have to be an open-ended thing of... Sending hornets out after the people. I well, mean, we've only read one verse where it says plural. The rest is one giant hornet. I will right, one giant. Hornet. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> okay, so let, let's continue with twenty nine. Maybe this is going to get a little clearer. I will not drive them out from before you in one year, lest the land become desolate and the beasts of the field become too numerous for you. 
Little by, little by little, I will drive them out from before you until you have increased and you inherit the land. And I will set your bounds from the Red Sea to the sea. What sea? Uh, mine but, says, I will establish your borders from the Red Sea to the Mediterranean Sea and from the desert to the Euphrates River. Okay, we'll go with that one. I like that. For I will deliver the inhabitants of the land into your hand and you shall drive out them before you. Verse 32, you shall make no covenant with them nor with their gods. They shall not dwell in your land, lest they make you sin against me. For if you serve their gods, it will surely be a snare unto you. Okay, so just a couple things that really, really hit me here. It says, I will not drive them out before you in one year, lest the land become desolate and the beasts of the field become too numerous to you. So this sounds to me, and, 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 I, I'm more than willing to be corrected on this, but this sounds to me like a foreshadowing of what's going to happen in Joshua. Because many people, and those of you who have read the book of Joshua, by the way, I, I would highly recommend the read. It's it's not a very big book. It's only like 20 chapters or something like that. But the book of Joshua is not a, a story. Okay, understand the book of Joshua is a military conquest journal. That's what it is. So it's it, there are parts of it that are really dry. But my point is, is that there's a lot of people that, that read through the book of Joshua and they're like, why did God, you know, have them driving these people out? And, you know, some people say it was, you know, genocide and all this stuff. I'm not going to get into that. But what I'm saying is, is it looks like why in the book of Joshua, it took so long, which by the way, it did not take, like you read the book of Joshua, it sounds like it took a year. No, this is years and years of years and years and years of them conquering these cities. And it sounds like God did it on purpose to make sure that the animals didn't get out of control so that they didn't come to the land and all of a sudden it's filled with bears and lions and stuff. Yeah, I completely see uh, uh, population pre predator population control because currently there's people groups everywhere keeping them at bay. And if God were to wipe them out in a snap in, within one year, the time that it would take for this people group to take over the entire land that God has planned. So you're talking about Israel coming over to yeah. the land. Um, just like you said, it would now be a wild country where it would then have to retain the land and it would be a fight for survival through this. Whereas currently there's people that aren't God's people monitoring and keeping the land at bay. And God just wants his people to come in and infiltrate kind of, you know, like a cancer, like we're just going to replace the new with the old and over overtake this whole area. Right. In the book of Joshua, it talks about that a lot. Like they'll go to a city and God says, just drive them out, drive them out. And after all the people are gone, burn everything. Jericho, God says, no one will build on this land again. Like on the city of Jericho, no one will rebuild Jericho. And I've actually seen pictures of it. They have like farms and houses and stuff around the city of Jericho. They never, never touch that land again. Nobody does. It's like taboo. So like, and Jericho, just so you guys know, like Jericho was not a small city. <laughs> it was a military outpost is what it was. Um, yeah. I don't know. I almost wonder though, would, 
Would this have changed if, because later on we find out that Israel, uh, they fail against God and, and, and they, they don't believe God, that God can give them the land and yada, yada, yada. So God says, okay, all of you who said that, that I could not give you the land, all of you are going to die. So you guys are going to wander around the wilderness for 40 years and then I'll have you all into the land. The next generation will. Your kids will. You won't. And I wonder if this type of promise about the inheritance of the land and all that, does that coincide with, or does that, did it change because they denied going into the land in the first place? Or was it still the same plan that God had, just, you know, God pushed it out 40 years? I think there was a, the same plan, but plans change, things happen. Most of right. it was reactive because they didn't do what God said. There's prices to pay. There's things that wages that have to be made up for. And um, I think that it's kind of like a, a like a business plan, like a five-year, 10-year plan where God's like, this is where you're going to be. If I were, if he were to change his wording and say, you're just going to be wandering in the wilderness for 40 years, they would stop wandering. They would stop following and they would set up and, and colonize right there and go no further. If, the, if the wow. God took away that dream, there would be no drive. Gotcha. So that land has always been like that, what, that light in the distance of the, the, the horizon that you're, you're walking right. toward. And, and if you think about it, really, for uh, even for us believers, we had the same, that same light that we're always working for. You know, if it wasn't for that hope, then what are we doing this for? I think Paul said something to that similar fact of the, that we have that we have that hope in Christ. We have that 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 promise of eternal life in Christ. And it yeah. Absolutely. Yeah, Cuz if God were to tell us plainly like listen, everyone that's alive right now, you're not going to make it to the end. You're not going to you're just not going to cut it. You know, I think I believe anarchy would ensue and you know, that would be the the, the end of this generation believing in, in Christ until God had to come back with another prophet. <laughs> well, I, well, that would also, that's a good point because that would probably be why Jesus himself, Jesus himself said no man nor knows the day nor the hour except for God alone. In other words, God's the only one that knows. Okay. Yep. It's time. <laughs> yep. This is time, but excellent. Do you have any last kind of comments about this whole this whole area i mean it's kind of like we talked about it's a little broken but there's a lot of just those details of trying god trying to fill those loopholes that people i think are trying would would try to make based upon the 10 commandments that they've given oh well it doesn't say this i would like to uh put out a plea to our listeners that if you know anything about this giant hornet if we are even <laughs> interpreting it wrong, please please let us know. We would love to talk to this hornet and Pokemon <laughs> and Mothra with you at biblicalchili.com. <laughs> please do. All right. I'll close this out with a right. word of prayer. Dear Heavenly Father, we thank you for this time together that we've had in your word and this uh, engagement with your word, Father, about you uh, giving those giving those details uh uh, in our lives, Father, and, and, and giving mercy to the poor and uh, truthfulness. And Father, I just pray that uh, we'll take all of this to heart. And Lord, that you'll you'll give send us somebody tomorrow that we can share this with, Father. Uh, we love you so much and we thank you in your heavenly name. Amen. Amen.
Well, this has been Justin. This is Tom. Thanks for joining us, everybody. We'll see you next week. Now listen, just because this is the end of the episode doesn't mean it's the end of the conversation. You can find Biblical Chili on almost any social media outlet. And if you're not a big fan of YouTube, just search for Biblical Chili anywhere and I'm sure you'll be able to find us. Or just go to BiblicalChili.com. Now until we meet again, remember, be part of the conversation. Goodbye. Were you just comparing Pokemon cards to <laughs> great ancient works of art? Hey, ask kids nowadays anything made that long ago. <laughs> Do you think they're still listening? I doubt it. There can't be that many people that listened all the way to the end of the track. Most will probably skip it. But in case you did, congratulations, you're one of the few. We love you. <laughs>